You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Some people start to build their real estate portfolio with just one rental property. Others dive in and buy dozens all at once and sometimes learn the hard way. I'm Kathy Fetke and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Our guest today had some real setbacks in Chicago, but that did not stop her from continuing to rapidly build her rental portfolio. There's lots to learn from this spontaneous interview I did at our recent East Coast Income Property Showcase in Tampa on February 9th. It was so great, by the way, to meet so many of our East Coast members. We're already planning for our next East Coast event in August. We'll have the date soon and that will most likely be hosted in Cleveland. So stay tuned, and we'll get you the details on that right away. Meanwhile, here's my interview with one of our more ambitious members of Real Wealth Network. Enjoy. Hey, it's Kathy Fetke coming to you live from Tampa, Florida, and we are having our third annual East Coast Property Showcase, where I'm getting to see some of our members from the East Coast that I haven't met yet, or I have, but just briefly, and it's been so amazing and wonderful to put a face to the name and be able to hear stories, the good and the challenging. Uh, So I just have a beautiful couple here that came from New York, right? And you both have been extremely active over the last two years. So let's talk about what you bought, where you bought, and well, and first, how you even got started in real estate. Okay. Hi. So we got started in real estate about 10 years ago when I purchased my first four properties in Fort Myers. Um, and that was just very smooth sailing, easygoing. And then two years ago, we decided to really be more invested and really look for income properties. So we ran across Real Wealth Network through my husband's cousin who lives in California. So we started looking around at the different markets, um, interviewing providers, taking it step by step, um, trying to do you know due diligence, questionnaires that we kind of asked everyone. So we started in a, a few markets. So the first market we started in, some big challenges. We made some mistakes. Um, There were some multi-units, so I think multi-units are always more challenging than single-family homes because if you make a mistake, it's a big mistake and you can't sell it as easily. And looking back, there were definitely red flags, although we seem to have done everything right. We did get an inspection and um, an appraisal from the bank which appraised for the same amount, so we thought we were safe. We had um, an inspection, which was, you know, everything was kind of repaired on the inspection, but looking back, the way we got the third-party repairs, it wasn't really as professional as other providers. I think looking back, I was just too trusting. I think I should have interviewed the property management company as well, which I did not do. I just trusted the provider. Um, I should have looked at comps in the area, rental comps, again, which I didn't do. And just red flags that I kind of saw, you know, when I asked for certain things and they would say, oh, I have to make some more sales before I can pay you the mortgage guarantee that I promised or all the maintenance was supposed to be, um, I shouldn't have had to pay for maintenance for a whole year, but I would still be charged for it and then I would get reimbursed. I wouldn't get reimbursed for months and eventually I never got reimbursed. Things like that, you know. So I'll jump in. Um, so there's a couple of things there that you said that are 
really helpful, I think, for our listeners. Number one, the rental guarantee. This is something that I don't want anyone to fall for. There could be really quality providers out there who, with all sincerity, want to give you a rental guarantee. And that sounds so comforting, doesn't it? But the fact of the matter is there is no guarantee. Anyone who gives you a guarantee when it comes to real estate is is making an offer they can't keep. Because again, there's no guarantee a, a renter can leave. Uh, then you've got, you know, someone's got to pay for that. That the, there may be costs for fixing the unit up again, uh, make ready costs for the new tenant, and someone's going to eat that. So if a provider, a seller is offering a rental guarantee, eventually they're going to dig themselves into a hole and someone is going to end up in that hole, you know, with them. Um, so in the future, yeah, to my beloved Real Wealth listeners, be cautious of, of guarantees. Now, we just over the last couple of days, we've had all of these turnkey providers come together in one room and hold each other accountable to living up to the standards that we require. So now they have all each, each other saying, hey, we want all of us to have a great reputation. Nobody gets to do anything wrong, basically. But we didn't have that back then with this particular team in Chicago, and they ended up just doing whatever they wanted. And it wasn't to our standards. And one of those things is, again, the guarantee. That's something that we said we don't want to see because there's no guarantee. And many companies have been brought down because they're trying to hold up this guarantee and they can't. So that was number one. Number two, it was a pretty rough area, right? I mean, did you know it was a rough area when you went in there? You know, I knew that it was, you know, south side Chicago. So I knew it was a lower income area. But the way it was portrayed, you know, the Section 8 tenants were good because these were granite counters, hardwood floors, and they're not used to that type of living. So when they come in here, they love these homes and they're good tenants and all of this and all of that. And I mean, it went on and on. This was two years ago. I don't remember everything. But that's not the case. Every tenant I've had to evict has trashed the place. It's been a mess. So I think it was just portrayed to be something entirely different. And I believed it because he seemed so sincere. He had a young child and I just fell for it. We just hung out with my husband all day around Chicago and he showed me the really beautiful areas and Obama lives here and there's so much growth here. And, you know, I just believed it. And certain things look nice on the outside. The granite, the hardwood floors, I saw that and it looked nice. But the property management wasn't there. If I would have interviewed the property manager, because I found out later, she's out of state. The property manager, the leasing person that leases everything, lived in California. She did all of this over the internet, had no control over anybody. That's another another great point for other people to be aware of. it. Some people can make money in these C-class D-class neighborhoods, but very few. Um, and, and those who seem to make those neighborhoods work because there's high crime. It's a different kind of tenant. They don't necessarily have respect for the asset that you own. And so some people are able to manage those neighborhoods, but it has to be super tight management. And it's usually people who are well-respected within the community. Uh, but if you're out of state, oh my goodness, yeah, that's extremely difficult to manage. So having gone through a really awful experience on your first deal, why have you kept investing? <laughs> that's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, you know, I just, I just felt like this was the right way to go. I did my numbers. Um, I've learned. I really, really learned from my mistakes. And I could see looking back what I had done wrong and I didn't want to repeat it. So at the same time, I purchased two other houses 
in a different market and those went pretty well and I kind of had the feeling now how to move forward and then I ended up purchasing nine in total in that market and there were little bumps for sure but everything was different from speaking to the property manager the way she spoke back to me and all of the I guess any guarantees that I had or warranties they had um, they were upheld and they were held accountable for everything and I just really liked the communication so the communication was there that was completely different and then I moved on from there and I found some more multi-units in Florida and I thought I was done with multi-units but (laughs) I found these and not only did the numbers work but just the location was perfect and that's the one that I really really did all of my research on I did my research in terms of vacancy in the area, other comps, other apartment buildings. Everyone was telling me it was a desirable area, class A, easy to get tenants. So I didn't get all of my information from the provider. I think that was a big difference. I interviewed property management over the phone and on site, and I liked what she had to say. I kept asking the same questions different times to make sure the answer is the same, spoke to different people, you know, just try to cover all of my bases. And then I also purchased six more in a different market with Real Wealth Network. Um, that was a trusted provider with a waiting list. So I was pretty you know, comfortable and confident that things would go well with her. And it did. Very smooth, very kind of streamlined. You know, so different providers are all different. Um, sometimes things are very easy. The appraisals are done for you. Everything is done for you in certain markets. Inspection reports, reinspection reports, and you just get emails with everything done, which is great. Some you have to follow up. You have to get your inspection, look at the third-party repairs really carefully, get another reinspection, then there's more repairs. But even with the bumps or the difficulties, I think if you're really careful, ask the right questions, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, wow. Well, but certainly when you look at the long term when you look at the long term and, and just looking at your Florida here we are in Florida it is gorgeous it's 80 degrees everywhere else it's freezing I've been I don't know if you just saw there's like a huge farmer's market across the street and then there's um, these runner there's this whole marathon going on with people in their skivvies there, there's like an underwear run and it, I, it's like it's a, there's people skateboarding and uh, it's it's a really cool place and you you know that with 10,000 baby boomers retiring every day and massive growth. I showed some slides today that, you know, the Southeast is one of the fastest growing places in the country. And there's a reason for that, especially Florida. And, and then you chose a class. I mean, you know, that's desirable. So you, those couldn't be more different, right? The other place was Chicago. It was in the South side, high crime, bad schools. You know, there's parts of South Chicago that really are going to be okay. They're in the path of progress. And there's other parts that really aren't. It's going to be a long time before those neighborhoods come around. But what would you say now, looking back on neighborhoods, would you have looked up rental comps? Would you have looked up crime rates, schools? I mean, what what would you do differently such that if you if that were ever presented to you again, you would know what to do? Um, so first of all, since I bought two multi-units there, They're both awful, but one is much more awful than the other. So one is a disaster, right? So if I had two that were just, eh, it wouldn't be so bad. But what I've learned from the disaster one is don't ever buy one that doesn't measure up to the other multi-units. So even if you're in a very bad neighborhood, you don't want yours to be the very worst one. So if your common sense tells you that you shouldn't get small units, two bedroom, one baths, if everything else is three or four bedrooms, 
that's what your gut instinct tells you. And no matter how much this provider is telling you, it's okay. You know, it's a great neighborhood. It's up and coming and this and that. If your gut tells you that that's not right, then don't do it. Don't do it. You know, then I would have been stuck with two properties that still weren't so good, but I wouldn't have lost so much money on it. And yeah, the crimes, I looked up the crime rate and things like that. And I know it wasn't so great. But still, I think with a really, really good provider, an honest provider, quality renovations, I don't think it would have been as bad, you know. So I think um, it was also bad luck just with the company, the provider, them not getting building permits for construction. I think those type of things are out of the norm. So now I'm actually asking for building permits for all of my new construction because (laughs) of what I've learned and I'm, you know, nervous. I was just going to ask you about that because most people wouldn't even think to look that up. But what do you do? How hard is that to do to just look to see if the work that has been done was done properly and approved by the city? So what I'm doing now, I'm asking my providers to send me the address of my you know, parcel of land or my building with the building permits from the city to make sure that that's right. Um, so I'm still waiting for those uh, for my new construction projects. And I'm sure there's going to be a name number on there. And I'm going to call them to make sure it's legit at this point, you know, to make sure. And I think also looking for comps, you know, you could go on realtor.com, um, Trulia, just make sure that the house you're buying, the building you're buying is kind of appraising or the comps are kind of the same. You know, if you're like maybe 10,000 less, that's a great deal or whatever, it may work. But it can't be like the comps are 40000 and you're buying a $300,000 building or something like that, even if it's renovated. I mean, I don't know, that's a, that's a red flag. That and also the rental comps in the area that you could look up. How long have they been on the market? What is a three-bedroom, two-bath renting for in this area? Um, and it's hard to find sometimes in the big cities. It's very hard to find. And the provider could tell you, oh, but mine rent for a lot more and I have it. Look at it. I'm, you know, I'm managing 1,200 units and very low vacancy and this and that. I don't believe them. Do your own research again and again and again. Would you call other property managers to verify? Um, talk to more than one? Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, definitely. That's something that I now do. I talk to different property managers, different similar type of constructed buildings or quads or whatever in the neighborhood to make sure that indeed it's only two weeks to get a tenant in and there's a waiting list or if they're saying that it's so desirable. You know, it's hard to say. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So you have now 33 units. Is that right? 42 in total units between single family homes and multifamily. Four are from a long time ago and, you know, before Real Wealth Network, but the rest of them are all through Real Wealth Network. And now we're currently looking at two more markets with Real Wealth Network. That's why I'm here for the East Coast event. And it's looking promising. So I look forward to doing the tour tomorrow and um, just looking further into these two markets. Wonderful. It's really so encouraging. What final advice would you give? Because, you know, again, it's almost like starting out, it's so easy to trust everyone else but yourself, right? So if somebody tells you something, you want to believe it because they've got more experience and they've got more know-how. So usually the fresh new investor is so trusting so honest and pure, and then you get tainted, then somebody lies to you, or it's not what you expected, and everything changes. And that's really when you become a a real investor, right? Because you have to be able to go from blind faith and trust to actually just knowing your stuff. Um, So even, even if the biggest crook in the world came to you and might have a good deal, you might buy it because you're buying the deal, not the person. Or the opposite, the most 
innocent, honest person might give you a bad deal just because they don't know, but you would know. So that, that's the difference. And, and you are that now. You're a seasoned investor. <laughs> so welcome aboard. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I guess a few things that I wish I had known. Um, first of all, start off small. And I thought I was starting small with a three unit and a four unit, but start off with single family homes would be my opinion. Um, after that, write list of questions for the provider and for property management. Cross-check to make sure your provider is telling you the same thing as the property management. Just because somebody manages a lot of units, say 1,200 units, does not mean they're doing a good job at it. Because I thought if you have a lot of units, then you're doing great. That's not correct, you know. Just ask as many questions as possible and make sure everything seems right. And on your inspection report, especially at the beginning, sometimes I feel like, you just can't wait to make this deal, can't wait to cash flow, can't wait to do these things. That you almost accept certain things that are shouldn't be accepted when you get an inspection report and there's 30 things wrong, let's say on a building. Each of these 30 ones should be repaired with pictures and they should be sent in a professional manner before and after pictures. And if you have to ask multiple times and if you're getting cell phone pictures of tree limbs being, you know, taken back or something and being pushed into closing, these are red flags, no matter how nice the provider was. Um, you know, at one point I was told I have a huge mortgage or like an arm payment or something on my loan for this property and I really want to close quickly. Don't close on a property till everything is 100% done. That's another thing. So, you know, little things like that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I can't wait to hear how things go in the future now that you really are looking at everything with a different perspective. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me here on The Real Well Show. Lots of good information. I'm so glad our members are willing to share. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you next time. You can listen to this and any past shows at realwellshow.com.